Let's get into the word of the Lord. Going to 2 Samuel chapter number 18. I read a story a few years ago in the New York Times of a lady named Geraldine who got lost in the woods while hiking and and died after a month there in the woods. And so the article was really quite gripping. Tells the story of her journey into the woods. I have a picture of Geraldine I'll show you. Her foray into the woods began with a friend and had her husband meeting them at predetermined checkpoints to provide supplies, meals, and even an occasional hotel for a shower. That's the only way I'm going into the woods for any extended period of time. I think they call it glamping. That's the kind of camping I want to do. Her friend, though, the article shares, was suddenly pulled away by family emergency into the journey. And so uh, Geraldine decided to continue alone. She was last seen at 6.30. And according to her diary, by 11 a.m. the same day, she was already lost. Her camping, hiking companion said that she feared the dark and was afraid of being alone, but... The most devastating attribute that her hiking companion highlighted when she was interviewed by investigators was that she had a poor sense of direction and that she had taken a wrong turn on more than one occasion. But now she was alone with no one to help her find a way. The article continued with an interview by a volunteer who spends his summers doing trail maintenance there in the area of Appalachia where she was lost and eventually found dead. He said that if you just step off the trail some 20 or 50 feet and turn around, it's difficult to see where the trail was. He said that if you didn't know which way the trail was, you could easily walk in circles for hours. Tragically, the article tells us that her remains were found two years after she went missing inside her sleeping bag. She was in a campsite that she kept neat until the very end. And around her was the ample gear that she had traveled with, including a blue and white bandana, birthday candles, a lighter, dental floss, and two water bottles still containing water. I read that story a few years ago, moved really by just how one decision to step a little deeper into the woods would have such tragic consequences. And I'd nearly forgotten about it until I heard an old message by one of my favorite preachers, Pastor Paul Mooney, when he referenced this scripture that I draw your attention to today, and immediately this story came to mind. It's found in 2 Samuel chapter number 18, beginning at verse number 7. It reads, The people of Israel were overthrown there before the servants of David, And a great slaughter of 20,000 took place there that day. Notice this now. For the battle there was scattered over the face of the whole countryside. And this is really the significant phrase I draw your attention to. And the woods devoured more people that day than the sword devoured. I want to preach to you this afternoon on this thought. Lost in the woods. Lost in the woods. Before you're seated, would you just lift up your hands to heaven and ask God to speak to us through His Word, Lord. 
We thank you for your presence that's here today. The opportunity that you have given us to all gather together in your name with your people. I pray that you would speak to us through your word. The only thing that gives life and hope and direction in our lives. That that you would help each of us to grab a hold of it. That it would find a place in our heart and in our lives where we would where we would take heed to it and that it would bring forth abundantly. We thank you for it and everybody said in Jesus' name. You can be seated as I remain standing and sweating. This air conditioner here in this church and me are, are about, we're about to have problems. I, I remember as a kid, I would explore what, in my mind, as a young child, felt like a massive forest, but what was really just a wooded area no bigger than a few acres behind my grandparents' house. For hours and hours, finding every tree that had fallen, a cave and a place to explore. And I specifically remember occasionally going with my cousin and we would set up a tent out in the woods with the intention of staying the night, braving the darkness and all of its inhabitants, only to change my mind as the sun began to set and all the food rations had worn down, but not because of being afraid of the dark, or perhaps maybe it was. But it seems as though in our day, people are being drawn to the woods like never before. The hiking and outdoor equipment industry is booming. Over $8.4 billion in sales in 2019 as words like wonderlust are painted on bumper stickers and attached to Priuses all across the nation. People are, are drawn to the woods. And for those who would venture into the woods, the terrain and the popular areas has been meticulously mapped out. Signage has been placed in the ideal spots letting you know uh, where to go. The foot traffic has even been worn down, uh, has worn down the grass into clear paths for those frequently visited spots. Perhaps you could say that it has never been safer to go into the woods. And yet, despite all the precautions taken, despite those, uh, those who have so meticulously mapped out those most ideal spots for us to venture into, anybody who would spend any amount of time in the outdoors know and would tell you that there is always a danger present in the woods. There's a danger of getting lost in the woods. And so it is in our text that I draw your attention to today in 2 Samuel. Here at the end of what was a civil war that began when King David's son Absalom led a rebellion against the king and you thought your family problems were bad. And so Samuel records as an anointed historian of the war that unfolded, the battle that took place, and he specifically mentions in this account that on this particular bloody day of battle, 20,000 men would breathe their last breath. 
But the writer does not only record of the men who died, no. So important was the means of their death that it too had to be mentioned. As Samuel writes, the woods devoured more people that day than the sword devoured. He said more men were consumed by, more people were destroyed by the woods than by the sword. And for some reason, Scripture is silent as to what it was exactly that took each of their lives. For some reason, we are left to wonder about the circumstances that warranted this cause of death in the pages of Scripture. All we know for sure is that their deaths were not the result of battlefield bloodshed. It wasn't the result of the sword. Their lives were lost. In the woods. They showed up, these 20,000 men did, for a fight against an enemy that was known, an enemy with a sword. And yet they lost their lives, not to an enemy sword, but they lost their lives to their surroundings. And I think that there is something here that we all need in our lives, something that will help us to live as God intended for us to live lives of victory and to live lives of purpose and anointing and calling. And it begins with an understanding and embracing this truth. We are in a battle. And what I mean by that today is we are in a fight against an enemy. There is an enemy of God, an opposer of God and God's plan, and he seeks to destroy all of God's creation, but especially his most prized creation, humanity. And because of that, God's enemy is our enemy. And his desire, his plan, his intention is to destroy God's creation. His plan is to destroy you and I. And the Bible makes it clear. I preached about this in our Predator series uh, uh, last month. But the Bible says he goes about like a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. I just got to tell you today, the devil is very real. His influence is vast and significant. His attacks are visible as they unfold in our world today. And we can see His influence as, as the carnage unfolds in the halls of schools. And we can see His influence as it unfolds on the front pages of our newspapers and in the 5 o'clock news. We have a very real enemy that is at work in our day and hour. He is at work in the politics of our day. He is at work in families in our day. He is very real. And we are in a spiritual fight, perhaps like never before. We better wake up to the reality that there is a battle that is going on in our day. Paul would say in Ephesians chapter number 6 verse 12, For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. i got to remind you today and tell you that we are in a spiritual fight against an enemy that wants to destroy you. Uh, The devil is after your future. The devil seeks your 
purpose and your potential so that he could destroy and limit and stop it. The devil wants your faith. The enemy wants your worship. He desires to steal, to kill, and to destroy this city and our schools and our hopes and our families. The enemy is very real. And I say all of that so you would recognize where we are. We are in a battlefield. It is not a game that we are playing. This is a very real battlefield. And this recognition does not, uh, should not elicit uh, fear or fuel fear. But instead it should ignite passion and faith and determination. Because we must understand that it is not God's will that we be victims of the enemy's plan in our lives. It's not God's will that we fall victim to Satan's sword. His sword is no match for our God. It is the will of God that we be victorious in our day and hour. It is the will of God that we put on the whole armor of God and we stand against the attacks of the devil. It is the will of God that we be worshipers. It is the will of God that the enemy's attack on your future would not prosper. You don't have to be a victim of the battle, but you can be a victor in God's presence and with His power. You can overcome the attack of the enemy in your life. Scripture is so clear about this truth. It says things like, No weapon formed against you shall prosper. Which lets me know there are weapons that are formed against me. There are, there are tools, implements of war that the enemy has fashioned with my name on it. But when I understand the power of God and I'm willing to stay in the fight, then no weapon formed against me shall prosper. Hear me. The enemy is no match for somebody who recognizes the battle and engages in it. The enemy is no match for your prayer. The enemy has no weapon that can overcome your worship. There is power in your prayer. There is power in your worship. There is power in your determination. What the enemy needs for you to do is to not engage in the fight because he knows that when you get in the fight that it is a fight that he is going to lose. There is power to the child of God. But I've got to tell you and and preach to you that what the enemy's sword cannot accomplish in your life The weapon that has been formed against you, what it cannot do. When he cannot devour you, there is a danger that what lies just outside of the battlefield can. Because the danger is not just the sword, it's the surroundings. The danger is not just the sword, it's also the surroundings. There are places, hear me now, Where without the right equipment, you can get turned around. Even when the enemy isn't around or attacking. Places where if you make a wrong decision, you can accidentally get separated or get isolated. And you can be devoured by the woods. There is a danger that we all could be lost in the woods. As a matter of fact, I believe that the enemy gets credit for a lot of casualties that are not even caused by his sword. People who walk away into the woods spiritually, 
not even under attack perhaps, and something happens, and the next thing you know, they're lost. They, they don't even know what they believe anymore. They don't even know who they are anymore. It wasn't the devil. It was their surroundings. It was, it was the things that try to, try to swallow you up and, and take you in and get you distracted and, and off of the battlefield. They have been lost in the woods. The writer, the historian, the prophet Samuel, he says the wood devoured more people that day than the sword devoured. So how is it that we get lost in the woods? If the danger is present, then how do we avoid it? I read an article in the National Geographic some time back that listed the ways that People get lost in the woods. Interestingly, at least for me, the reasons that I thought, like maybe running out of daylight or due to some injury, they were way down on the list. In fact, the number one reason that people get lost is they accidentally get off trail because of distraction. They get distracted. Something stole their attention just for a moment and the next thing you know, they're lost. Can I tell you that I I believe perhaps the greatest threat to the church today, the greatest threat to your walk with God, the greatest threat to to, uh, your potential and your promise and God's anointing and God's ministry and all of the things that God has for you, it is not sin. It's distraction. More people are going to end up lost Not because they got hurt or because of some gross darkness that just consumed them, but because they somehow, some way got distracted in their walk with God. They were too busy to pray. They were distracted. Their their schedule got too hectic. They, They were distracted. What a dangerous thing it would be to be lost because of distraction. There are distractions by the culture. We can be distracted by the politics. We can be distracted by the debates. And I preach to you today that we've got to get our eyes on Him and get our eyes off of the surroundings, the culture, the the debates, all of those things. And I know we live in this culture and we've got to engage with the culture in order to change it. But our main focus has got to be on Christ and on the real battle that we are supposed to be fighting against pushing back the effects of the enemy in our day. So I preach to you today that if we are going to see God do in us and for us what He desires to do, we've got to push away from the distractions like never before. And we've got to get our eyes on Jesus and say, Lord, I refuse to be lost because of distraction. I don't want to be lost in the woods. Because of distraction, there are so many distractions in our day. Distraction. The second greatest reason that people get lost in the woods is they get separated. If the first greatest reason is distraction, then the second, I would say it this way, it is divisions. As long as Geraldine had a hiking companion with her, as long as someone was going alongside of her, she had someone who could tell her whenever she had gotten off trail. The wise preacher would say it this way in Ecclesiastes 
chapter number 4, verse 9, two are, are better than one. Because they have a good reward for their labor. For if they fall, one will lift up his companion. But woe to him who is alone when he falls. For he has no one to help him up again. If two lie down together, they will keep warm. But how can, be, how can one be warm alone? I'm going to use that verse later. Uh, <laughs> that, that went over some of your heads, but that's okay. Though one be overpowered by another, two can withstand him. And a threefold cord is not quickly broken. The preacher Solomon, he, he says it over and over again in various ways and scenarios. Two are better than one. The second greatest reason that people get lost in the woods is because of division. They allow things to separate them from the people who were walking with them. And can I point out to you, although it needs no mention perhaps, we live in a day full of divisions. We live in a day where politics divide us like never before, where race divides us perhaps like never before, where viruses divide us like perhaps never before. The spirit of the day is a spirit of division. That is what we are surrounded by. But I tell you that the surroundings, if we are not careful, they can they can swallow us up. And so I have got to remember and realize that the things that surround me can harm me if I let them. So I cannot let the divisions that surround me get inside of me and begin to swallow me up. And so I preach to you today that in a world divided, we have got to be a church united. In a world that allows things to separate and tear them apart and and pit them against one another, we cannot let that happen in our day and in our kingdom because I refuse to be lost in the woods. I can't fight this fight alone. I can't do this alone. I've got to have somebody walking with me because here's what I know. I am not perfect. I can say that since Annie's not in here. I have blind spots in my life. I've got things uh, baked into me, biases and, and misunderstandings that without having other people around me, I would never see alone. We are better together than we are alone. As a matter of fact, and perhaps this is no great revelation for anyone, but the very first time God ever says something wasn't good, it's when He saw man alone. He said it's not good that man be alone. I mean, God created the church for community, He created you and put you uh, in a uh, in and around people that are going the same direction as you and fighting the same fight as you. And you got to make sure that that's who you're linked up with, people who are in the same fight as you. But when you are uh, around people who are fighting the same fight as you, we cannot let things divide us in our day. we got to make sure that we don't ever let our truth pull us away from God's truth. No division. Division causes people to be lost in the woods. But finally, as I was reading this article in the National Geographic, it pointed out a man who was a survival instructor, a search and rescue team leader, and a wildlife ranger in the Smokies. He says that being lost happens to alert, experienced hikers too. 
Most often, he says, at a point that he calls a decision point in the trail. Where they come to a moment and they have to make a decision. Which way am I going to go? And even experienced hikers make a bad decision. So if the number one reason that people are lost in the woods are distractions, and the second reason is divisions, and I would say the third reason is decisions. How many people, if we were to be honest, have we seen wander into the wilderness? They made a mistake. They made a wrong turn, but they never intended to get lost in the woods. They never intended to be out for long. They just went a little deeper in the woods than they had planned because of a poor decision. Hear me, guilt and shame has pushed more people away from the fight than Satan's sword ever could. The Bible says that when Adam and Eve, when they sinned, when they took of the fruit, they disobeyed God. The Bible says they heard the voice of God in the garden and they went and they hid among the trees. They just got a little deeper into the woods. It just made a little more sense to get among the trees. They felt safer among the trees. They felt more protected, more, more uh, covered among the trees. They went deeper into the woods. And can I tell you that every one of us, no matter how long we've been in the church, no matter how, how long we've been in the fight trying to push against Satan's plan for our lives, we all make bad decisions. I want to free you from self-guilt today and tell you, you are not alone in making poor decisions. When, when you come into the church, it does not mean that you have to live a life of perfection so much so that you're never going to make another mistake, that you're never going to have another sin, that you're never going to think another bad thought, that you're never going to let another bad word roll off of your tongue, that you are going to live a life of perfection. You are not going to be perfect until you get to the other side. And yet if we are not careful... We will let bad decisions push us away from the only thing that gives us any hope because, well, well, I've already done this, so I'm just going to go a little deeper. And you begin to let guilt and shame and disappointment push you further and further into the woods. And if you are not careful, bad decisions will result in you being lost in the woods. Because I want you to understand this. Lost is not a destination. Lost is a condition. And it's a condition that any one of us can find ourselves in. You could be experienced. You could have been in the church for a very long time. You could know the Bible from cover to cover. Or you could be not all that experienced at all. It doesn't matter. Being lost is a condition that any of us can find ourselves in. But we must also understand that it is a condition that Jesus seeks to change. The Bible says in Luke 19.10, The Son of Man came to seek and to save that which was lost. Because when we get lost, whether it is because of distractions or divisions or decisions, Jesus immediately goes on a search and rescue mission. 
And I tell you that if the, gospel has, if the Gospels have one theme, it is that Jesus is on a search and rescue mission. He is looking for people who are lost. When we are lost, Jesus is looking. And I tell you that all of us, all of us, we have the same surroundings. We have the same battle, yes. We have the same enemy, yes. But we also have the same surroundings. We are surrounded by woods. We are surrounded by things that want to suck us up and want to get us off trail and want to get us off of the mission that God has called us to. So we have got to be vigilant that we are aware of our surroundings, that we are aware of our blind spots, that we are aware of the things that want to pull us away from God's plan so that when we get to this moment where we feel lost we run to Him so I tell you today that while lost is a condition lost does not have to be a permanent condition because for every person that is lost Jesus is looking. And so I preach today to people as the music begins to come. That if you were to be honest, you would say, you've gotten a little lost in the woods. You've gotten a little distracted. You started so good, but... The noise, the distractions, the difficulties, the trials have pulled you away from the plan, from the mission, from your focus. If you feel like perhaps there's some distance between you and the church, you and your brothers and sisters in Christ. You've made some mistakes perhaps that have gotten you a little further into the woods than you thought you could go. I tell you this truth. The lost can always be found. The lost and found chapter of the Bible and the parables of Jesus, he describes a lost coin, describes a lost sheep, he describes a lost son. In each of these scenarios, they were lost for different reasons. Some because of willful decisions some because of neglect some just because of the propensity to get distracted but in every case there was a father who was looking there was somebody who was searching and I tell you a truth that you must embrace in your life that regardless of your background your circumstances your situation Jesus is interested in you. Jesus has been searching for you. Before you were ever aware of your need for Him, Jesus was trying to create an environment so that you would recognize the woods that you were surrounded by so that He could find you. The most likely person to get lost, the article I read said, is day hikers. People who did not plan to be out for long. And I tell you that regardless of how long we've been in the, the church, we have all got to recognize and be constantly searching our heart and our life 
to make sure that we are not getting off trail. Because it is the matter of greatest importance in my life. I refuse to be lost. If I gain the whole world, but lose my soul, what a tragedy. These men are fighting a fight, equipped for battle against an enemy that that they are well equipped for. And yet the thing that destroyed them was not the enemy that they saw, but it was the surroundings that they missed. I'll never forget, as you stand to your feet just for a moment, a good friend of mine, an outdoorsman, just really a man's man everything that I am not told me the story about being in Alaska where he lived in an area of the woods that he was very familiar with he was there with someone else they got to where they were hunting and they realized, he realized that he had forgotten something at camp so he went back to camp but as he was journeying back Suddenly, as he looked around, he realized that, that he was lost. In this area that he was well acquainted with, that, that he was lost. That he had gotten off track. That, that something had happened. And so he's looking around, trying to find his way, all on his own. And he, with each passing moment, realizes more and more that he is not in a good position. That he is lost. When all of the sudden, his friend, back where he left him, had a gun and he began to shoot it in the air. And so my friend could hear the sound of the gun. And it reoriented him. And he found his way back to his friend. And I believe that 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 is what we need in our lives from time to time. We need a sound. We need something that would just reorient us as it were that would just be a clear sound that oh oh that's the way I was supposed to be going that, that, that's that's what I was supposed to be doing that, 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 that's the fight that I was supposed to be in and so on this Sunday afternoon I just want to kind of make that noise a little bit with the gun of scripture as it were and just say hey this is there's a fight that we are in there is a very real thing that God has called us to do and we can be victorious we can win we don't have to be a casualty of the sword but all also, also to just say that we've got to be careful because the only danger is not the sword. There's also the danger of the surroundings. And so we've got to determine in our spirit that we are not going to let distractions, that we are not going to let divisions, and we are not going to let decisions pull us in to bad surroundings. So with every head bowed and every eye closed, I, I, I wonder if you would just search your own heart for just a moment. And I feel the presence of the Lord here right now. Perhaps you would say that you feel a little disoriented, that you feel a little lost, that you're a little confused about direction and, and the decisions that you're supposed to be making. Perhaps you would say, I, I, I've gotten a little distracted. I, 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 I say all of these things not, not to beat you down today, but to lift you up and tell you that Jesus is looking. And in just a moment, He can reorient you. In just a moment, He can empower you. In just a moment, He can give you clarity of mind again. And He can help you in the, the voice of God. God can begin to speak into your heart and into your life in a fresh way. 
So I ask you to search your heart and search your mind and search your life and to commit yourself to staying in the fight. Say, God.